0: Yo, 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 what's up, man? you tuning in the Corporate Thugging Podcast, where we're striving to bring you the best of both worlds from the most urban of the urban topics to the most corporate of the corporate topics, man. Let me co-host, Devil, followed by... Your boy, Isaac. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and follow us on Instagram at corpthugginatl. And uh, without further ado, I'm gonna get into it. Uh, let's get into it. So um, I was talking to one of my friends, you know, getting some reviews and stuff about the podcast and one thing they wanted to hear us talk about was a greater in-depth look of what corporate is like for you day to day or whenever you've been in a corporate setting and like just take you in the shoes step by step of like everything and so um i can do that so i wanted to open up about that so uh, we could take it like step by step we don't have to go through everything in one episode but I know for me, so going to corporate for me, a lot of the times, it feels like very constraining, I can say. Um, like very, very constrained. So a lot of times, corporate, corporate life for me, whether it be school or work, is very lonely a lot of times because there's not a lot of people who look like me. And then there may be some people who look like me, but they just don't get it. Because, you know, all skin folks are not kin folks, bro. So it's just like, You know, a lot of times, like, being around black people in that setting, they really might not understand you. But sometimes they do, though. You know, like, just around the white folks. You know, I'm very cordial. You know, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt or or a chance. But a lot of the times, especially in school or work, especially the younger ones, it's just like, we don't be clicking, the men or women. It's like, I can't speak, you know, and then even going to speech, you know, I, I don't speak like this. Like, I don't sound ignorant. Talking like this. But it's like. If we was in a corporate world. And you know. If I was talking like this. But I would sound like. They would think. I was just. Ghetto as fuck bro. So I mean. I do have to change my voice. It'd be like. Very lonely. A lot of times. Um I don't know. If I really enjoy it. Because a lot of times. I be questioning myself. In there too. Like. What do you stand for? Like. I know I want to do this good. And I love like. The actual career. That I'm chasing. Or the pathway. But. As far as. As far as, like, actually enjoying the process of being around these people, I guess, quote-unquote, conforming, um, it really doesn't feel good at all. Uh, So, I would ask you, like, what what has your corporate time been like for you?
1: During this time period? Uh,
0: No, just throughout your life. So, corporate can be something for me. I always mention, like, school, like, college. And then, like, actual work. There have been some work environments. So, like I said, like, at Georgia Southern, when I was working at the racking and stuff like that, like, the people who I was working with I had direct contact with, a lot of the times were helpful to me. Even though, you know, they were white, you know. But they were very helpful. They were very sincere people. So, in, in instances like that, it has been good or well. But in other instances, in the majority, I guess, I can say, I guess I'll say 50-50. Um, I also got to see the negative side of me not fitting in in my job or me really not fitting in or getting along with um a lot of my classmates and shit so I was just saying like for me throughout all those processes it was very um trying lonely um like emotional time for me trying to figure out who I am myself and how to best navigate this way to the career path that I want so I was just asking you like. If you give us an in-depth look through all of those scenarios about your tenure time through corporate America.
1: I mean, it's just been ups and downs. You know, like, you know, I didn't try so many different careers. Well, not so many different careers. I didn't try so many different options, such as internships, um, warehouse jobs, hospital. Like just trying to find my way in such and such cor- corporate America, as you would say. And, you know, it's just been a challenge, you know. But corporate America, not for everybody, you know. But I f- I feel like I want to be in corporate America and still do my own thing on the side just because, you know, sometimes a business can go bad and sometimes a career can go bad. So you can lean on e- e- either one you want to so to say
0: and just balance it out you know that's what you're saying basically right and so um do you ever feel like you're truly accepted for who you are in corporate america have you ever had that feeling of fulfillment
1: yes i have i have been accepted for who i was but i i i kept it professional you know i wasn't just talking social slangy i wasn't doing a cussing. You know, I just try to keep it professional when it comes because, you know, those people in cor- in the corporate world will be quick to judge you. They don't, they don't even really know you, but they'll be quick to judge you just how you present yourself. So I just try to present myself in the best possible manner that I could.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I feel like, I don't know. Like, but to you and a lot of my friends, y'all know me, like, I'm goofy, bro. At least, like, once you get me out of my shell or something, like... I got, like, a pretty good personality, you know. And while I may be, like, accepted by some people, I feel like I'm always putting on... Like, I'm being myself, but it's a facade of myself. You know what I mean? Like, it's never a true rendition of my voice. It's never a true rendition of my opinions or my thoughts. Or even if I do have a problem, it's never a a, a pure confrontation about the problem or it doesn't get it solved as I would have felt it to be. So I don't know if I've ever really... Truly got accepted for being mean. Except for, I mean, that was in corporate America. That was the only one I, like I was lifeguarding. I would say was when I w- could just be me. Um, so I really don't, I really don't know about like as far as getting truly accepted and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. do you ever like voice your opinion? Um, in the corporate world, or, or is it like, do you? Come back home and tell like all your friends like, but you wouldn't believe what happened at work today. Which one?
1: I would have voiced my opinion, but not. I I would like voice it like in a conference, if it's got something to deal with like a project or something that we're working on or something. It's not that's bothering. Or. Me. But uh Or like, what about this? Oh, keep going. Oh, you can go ahead.
0: Or what about like not voicing your pen more so, but okay, say you at work, right? And then majority of your coworkers are gonna be white, bro, and you hear all the time um, they complain a lot. Like you hear a lot of shit, like they complain a lot, and then so in that instance, where they complaining to you, do you say any complaints back, even if you do feel the same way, and if or do you try to hide that because it's like you don't really trust them because. You know what I'm saying? If they complain is one thing but if you complain they're going to go back and tell like oh you feel me? Devin right, right. this, this, this. And How do you feel about that?
1: I feel like a lot of people take their job too seriously too. You know they be on there snitching. Everybody be wanting yeah. to be a snitch. Yeah. In corporate America. <laughs> They'll do the exact same thing. Everybody. Um. Yeah they just be wanting to be snitches. But I feel like you know, just keep your distance. Don't say too much to people because you'll think they're cool and really go tell, and it just be real double standards. So just go there and make your money and leave, you know, basically. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. And, um, yeah, because I, I really don't be trying to engage, engage in too many conversations, but I just be trying to go there and leave. But, I don't know, it can be very trying sometimes, bro, especially when you can't. Um, Communicate how you normally would Communicate to somebody like You have to change your diction, your verbiage um, Your tone You know everything to fit Or make everyone else I.e. white, people around you comfortable And I don't know bro that shit kind of Lame at a certain point But I mean I guess it's I mean I'm not tap dancing for nobody See folks outside some of them are like oh boy Y'all tap dance for these folks It's not tap dancing bro it's just you doing what you got to do for your career. It's not like I'm just letting these niggas sit here and call me nigga or, like, sing a song with the N-word in it right in front of my face or just, you feel me, just exploit me outright, you know? It's just, sometimes you just got to deal with it. And that shit can be hard. And, yeah. Like, um, I guess we can segue into, like, mental health. And do you think corporate America and changing in, in environments, even if you are very adaptable, do you, what do you think? Do you think that has any effects on like the mental health?
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. Because it's some it's some jobs out there that make good money, but the job is so, ins- what's the word I'm looking for? Insinuous. Like so, in like it's very like high standard, you know. And it's kind of like it's kind of like impossible. The amount of work they give you, they give you a lot of work. And then a boss will give you work. He'll expect you to do his e- emails and calls, plus on top of your work. So, there's some jobs mm. like that that I feel like they can really play a toll like in depression because that can affect somebody's mood, especially women. Every day they'll come home just depressed because how bad their job is and they hate it there. And it can affect them long term as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like I, I definitely went through the depression stage in the corporate America like recently. Like, like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Um the most recent one I had, I don't wanna say out the company, but the most recent one I had, the most recent position I had, um, I was like very depressed, bro. I was like you're not in a good headspace, man. I would I I um I wake up every morning, and try to think a lot of like ways. I did not have to go to work. I try to call out sick. I try to uh leave as late as possible. Um like I really, I really was not happy, and then coupled that with the school and stuff too. It's just like it wasn't a good time, and I really feel like uh, mentally, I had to go to like, I, I, I mean, I had to go to counseling and stuff mentally to help me throughout that situation because it's like nobody's gonna understand you, nobody's really gonna get you or, or know what you're going through, and then it's like as a black person, ain't nobody got no sympathy for you. Like no amount of sympathy for you Especially as a black man You know black women are really powerful bro Like they really got it going on But I feel like we Black women are there for us too though I'm not even gonna flay. Like we need to be there for one another But the world though Ain't nobody gonna have no sympathy for you bro Nobody give a fuck So for me So for me I know I had to do for myself And the self care and, And mental health I know I had to go to Um counseling i know I, I i shed some tears sometimes like on my own in my room just because it got to me but i don't never let nobody see me weak or down you know that's one thing i don't i don't try to do but man that shit bro going somewhere and folks you walking down the hall don't nobody even look at you they pull out their phone just because you know what i'm saying don't even have nothing going on but as soon as they see you they're just gonna pull out their phone you out past the conference room, folks just staring at you like you a little monkey. or Like, not even a monkey, bro. Like, you just like an animal in the zoo. Goddamn, um, folks try to mock you the way you talk. Like, you might say something, like, I might say, like, um, nah. Or I might say something like, bro, regular, bro. But it might not, I might not say, like, no. You know what I'm saying? I might not say it like that. And they'll try to mock you because of that shit. Like, man, that shit is taking, taking toll. Like you can just feel the energy, bro. It's, it's a whole energy and a whole vibe walking into these corporate spaces that you don't, that aren't a fit for you. And the another thing too, again, to go into mental with that is it's like so many of them are not going to be a fit for you, you know? And so you're going to keep walking into these places and with all these people and it's going to start to drain on you mentally, like, damn, bro, I'm not good enough for, like, why all these people looking at me, like, why all these people feel like that toward me until you find, like, when I was at Georgia Southern, I didn't really feel like that, bro, because I felt like, I really didn't feel, like, I felt like it was a good fit there, but throughout everything else, bro, and visiting a lot of places, you're really going to feel like, damn, this is not a good fit, you can just feel it, and that that's going to deteriorate on you mentally as well. So, I mentioned me going to counseling. You know, shedding some tears, bro. If you a man and you do that in your house, bro, that don't make you no hoe, bro. I really don't think that makes you a hoe. Do you think that make you, like, lame because you, you know what I'm saying?
1: Nah, that don't make you lame at all. Not in my opinion.
0: And then, exactly, and then, you know, prayer. You know, talking to peer mentors such as my family, right. my mama, and my friends, you know, that's what I do. That helped me get through that time, but, man, that that corporate shit that I just did, bro, like, I did what... If I didn't have incentives that my job gave me, bro, to enjoy working there, and that's not as me being a puppet, bro. It's just, like, the industry and the job I was in. It was in sports, bro, so it's like, a lot of, like, games and shit. I'm really into sports, bro. And then, um, it was some good people. Not everybody's bad, but I would like to ask you, I gave you some of the stuff I did for, like, my mental health. What are some of the things that you do for your mental health and, like, situations such as those when not a lot of people are going to understand what you're going through.
1: I just have a change of mindset, and I try to think, like, the situation that I'm going through is just temporary, you know, because I work on a lot of other things on the side or I'm working towards something, so I know whenever that falls through, I'll be out of this situation, you know. So I just try to have a change of mindset and let myself know, like, I'm in this situation now bad job or no money or whatever your situation is and just just claiming it's being temporary and you're not going to be in the same position six months from now two years from now you know so it's about to change of mindset and if you really depressed depressed you go always go to a therapist i've been to a therapist before and that and the de- therapist really helps the therapist really helps but get you don't get you no old therapist, though. Don't get you no therapist over 50. Get you a younger therapist so they can relate more to you. You know, because a, a therapist over 50 just think they just know everything. You know, like they've never been young. So get you like a younger therapist, probably like mid-30s to mid-40s, and just talk to them. You know, it's good to just get, get all your emotions out, you know, and they'll guide you. And then they'll let you know. That what you're going through really ain't even all that bad, what you think. Because some people out there are really going through it. So, this is just life. Everybody going to go through their trials and tribulations. Homeless, broke, or rich. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got their own problems. It's just how you take it. long as it don't get like serious, like if you're having suicidal thoughts, that's a problem. Don't yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. You're never supposed to have those thoughts. Just just think of yourself the war. You're going to get out of it. Deal what it is. So, when it, when it comes to corporate America, do you feel like the other race, such as Caucasians, get treated differently than the African-Americans?
0: Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, I be having strong opinions, bro, which is why it's good to counter, when you counteract with your answers, Because I be having, like, very strong opinions, bro. And, um, I do. In my opinion, I think, like, if you white, bro... All right, I'm going to break it down. If you're a white male and you come in to corporate America, you should be straight, bro. Like, I don't I don't really see what you wouldn't be straight with. Like, you're going to make friends off the bat. Like, the white women there who your age going to mess with you. You're going to get invited out, bro. You're going to make friends there. If that's your mindset, though, I mean, some people do just be shunned off. Or de- Unless you just hella standoffish. As a white person. You got to be so standoffish in order not to thrive in that situation. Because here's where I, I think it is. Like, just interviewing and going through a lot of interviews and getting rejected from numerous amount of interviews over these recent months um, before and after graduation. It's like, when you're speaking to someone who's a white male, it's it's hard for me to talk like you. I can I can't speak intelligently, but it's hard for me to talk like you or know your language, just know you. So if you are in that situation, if you a white male, bro, the majority of people you're going to be around is white males. So you're really going to understand them. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: that makes sense to me.
0: And then, if you're a a white woman, like, I know they try to say the minority thing. And okay, I I mean, okay. uh, Y'all may be a minority to white men, but I think after that, bro, I feel like it go white, white men... White women, bro. From what I've been seeing, normally, and and oftentimes you get treated the same as white men. You might be like the older white ones might be more condescending looking, or you know, man gonna say some little slick shit. Like if you wearing a little dress or a skirt or something, or you might get some looks at in the office just because you eye candy. Because a lot of niggas around there probably male. Um, but from my experience, it's like, white women be just as powerful. They be just as, you know what I'm saying? Like, get treated just as well. Because a lot of white women do be getting these jobs now and are in these spaces. So, they have cliques and friendships off back bat, too. Like, I know I would be working for somewhere. I know I was working our last position for like a year and a half, bro. But I don't know. Still, ain't never get invited to lunch by nobody outside of the folks who look like me, like, one black person, one Mexican, bro. Who worked there? Did you interact Mexicans with them, though? In my class. Did you
1: interact with the white people?
0: For what? We just said we don't interact with. Do you interact
1: with... I mean, don't <laughs> bro, get me like, wrong. Just... I done met a white person at the job and been super cool with them, though.
0: Have you ever hung out with them? Went to lunch with them? Have they ever invited you to lunch?
1: Mr. Mike Meade did, and he was white. Name another one. Hold on, give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> See? I had met you this song. I head. had met this white girl at the job. I was talking to one time. We went out. Who invited it? Who who
0: initiated that? I
1: mean, one time I had went up there. And I was like, you know, because she's from Philadelphia. I was like, what you do for fun? And she was like, you must gonna take me out. She said, she, she, she really approached it first, right? I just uh, asked her what she did for fun. I feel that. And they, I
0: mean, there has been instances like, we have... Not all white people are like this, bro, but I'm just saying the majority of the time I feel like this, bro. And I mean, we have going out to like pod lunches or group lunches together um, where they've invited me out. But it was like we were in a group, we were in a pod. So, like, everybody in this department go to lunch with each other. You know, it wasn't oh no like a friend invite me to go to lunch or like a group of people try to meet me or talk to me to go to lunch. Like, they would invite me to like, some of the games, sometimes as a group, you know, as a group, I would get invited within the group. You said, does that make sense? Like we all sitting in a, in a round that circle is. desk, the whole department goes, you know, I would, went places as a department, but it would be like, I was working there a year and a half and, um, working there a year and a half and, uh, a, a white lady, she'll come, she, she, uh, got hired. And bro, when I tell you it was like two days, bro, and she was known like interdepartmentally. She got damn, um, like had friends. She'll pop up at the desk to talk to her her partner. Um, like I'm just like damn, bro, you just got here like three days ago. <laughs> like everybody know you now. Like you see what I'm saying? It'd be a, <laughs> I'm here a year and a half. And I don't even know these people who you talking to. Like they don't. You say it's an embracing thing? You know they just get embraced differently. In this situation. And. You know you're not going to get embraced like that. So. You don't even go out your way to put yourself in that situation. To get. You know what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't even put myself in that situation. To go out there and put myself out there like that. Because I already know what's going to happen. And I'm not trying to say. Oh I feel jealous or. Any type of way that they get embraced like that. Because I mean I just come to expect it. But. Just noticing it and being observing of it, like, I want to get embraced like that. Our interactions are not going to be the same. You aren't going to understand me. But y'all can be 100% y'all selves around each other, whereas I cannot do that. So, therefore, I don't put myself out there.
1: Right, right, right. I feel you. I mean, it's just according to what type of work environment you're in. Just, it depends. Yeah, it's the
0: environment. It's, it's the environment. environment. Don't get me because wrong. You can
1: go to another place and the white people will embrace you. Embra- will embrace yeah. you yeah, it is some embrace of white people I put this on everything they treat you like they want to like one of theirs yeah and that's
0: why I'm saying like I have had good experiences but I guess I'm just speaking on a more recent tenure that I've had to give i never experienced this before I knew about it but I knew about it maybe tried to experience it but I never really experienced it like this before you know until I got to this environment versus Right. No previous times Like Whether I was lifeguarding Or I had another job Like there was I had no problems I don't I don't I don't start no problems Against nobody Nobody starting no problems With me You know They treated me well Um Invited me out You know what I'm saying Um But I don't know what it is Now bro It just might be past two. It might just be the culture bro Of the Of the, the circumstances That I was in For these past A uh, couple years Bro Versus Everything else because not every white person is bad. Like, someone really be trying to help me write my recommendation letters for me, um, give me advice, be my mentors, white men and women. So, I don't have nothing against them. But I guess in this corporate setting, most recently, it was just not, it won't, it won't that though. It was one person in there though. She was a sweetheart. She was a sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? No. It do be some people. She was a sweetheart, but she helped me. Like, she'll really help me, man. So, it won't everybody. I'm speaking for the masses of how I felt the majority of the time that I was there. There were highlights, but the majority of them were not highlights. And I was like in a in a bad bad place at one point in time throughout this team. I'm glad you
1: got to made it through, man. You can't quit on shit, man. Nah, nah, especially if you ain't got no plan after.
0: After bro This is plan A through whatever bro
1: You gotta have a plan Just don't have a job And then just quit If you don't have a plan Cause you out of luck Unless you You know hustling Or a hustler You know But if you ain't no hustler yeah. If you ain't hustling Or a hustler Or got something on the side Or got good parents Or got something saved. Don't dig up and quit your job Just cause you don't like it Build a plan first And just keep working there Until you get you something better
0: yeah, he said that perfectly, bro. And I'm just, and then even if like you know this job, bro. Okay, so like you were saying, it's only temporary, and that's what I was getting told so often. And once you know it's only temporary, and and this is a imperative part of your course that you have to charter, you know, um, chart through. You cannot give up, bro, because you just you just can't, bro. You you cannot give up. You need somebody in your corner who who does not let you give up on it. Because you're giving up on yourself, bro. You should be able to withstand this for as temporarily as it allow you to get to the next step in your life. And that's something like a concept I had to grasp. And once I got to grasp that, I just started coming to work, doing my job and leaving. And like, but at first, when I first got there, it took me a while to adjust to that kind of mindset or mentality. But in the end, you, know, you always have to adjust and
1: adapt. But don't give up, bro. Just never give up on yourself. Right. Never. Never. Because if you don't believe in it, nobody else will.
0: Nobody else will, bro. Nobody.
1: Nobody. Yeah, man. So, I just wanted to say that. That was a good point you made, man. Y'all will make me cry on this podcast. Yeah, shut up.
0: What do you think about black men crying, though?
1: Haha. <laughs> <laughs> um, No good game ain't no cry, baby. You feel me? Ain't nothing wrong with no black man crying. You feel me? I haven't cried in a long time. But, I mean, I have cried. I mean, it's just according to what the reason is. As long as you ain't crying every day, you know what I'm saying? You can cry once a month, once every two months. I feel like when I was here, bro, I was
0: crying. I wasn't a cry, baby. But I feel like I would cry like once every two weeks, once every half, half one and a half weeks or some shit like that, bro. At that job, you used to cry from the job? Uh, I don't think it was a job, but I think it was just like, bro, you can just be so frustrated with everything, it was job, school, being away from, I don't know nobody here, bro, this shit be, I don't know, I'm in cancer though, so we get, they say we naturally moody anyways, but it's just like, I'm not no hoe, but sometimes, bro, that's the only way I can get it out, bro, I'd be mad as fuck, bro, sometimes. So, I don't know, bro. I mean, I don't think that shit lame, but it ain't something I just be telling folks because of how they're going to perceive it to be. Or like this nigga or oh, right. this nigga baby ass nigga and shit like that.
1: Man, you'll beat them up. <laughs> you'll beat
0: them up, though. That's what I'm saying. So, I don't, be, I don't be chipping over that. I just feel like that's just how I get my emotions out. But it would be behind closed doors. You would never know. I cry. I'm not going to show you that shit. But it just be Sometimes I be hurting bro That'd be a lot of shit Getting to me some, Affecting me Getting to me sometimes I don't know mm. yeah, I feel it be like that too yeah, It be like that sometimes bro I don't I mean I don't let everything Get in and get to me But it's like Some shit bro You can like, I just cannot help it bro I don't know Some shit I cannot help it bro Mm. But I think that It's healthy though It's healthy that say. say It's like it's cleansing you Every time you cry
1: Yeah at a certain age You get confused too Like younger ages you be confused When you get older it get better though Yeah That's what everybody say
0: Well um Speaking of me being a cancer What um So what signs do you attract like As far as women and stuff like Who are your favorite signs in women?
1: My favorite sign See, I, I'm big on astrology but it just for Aquarius but I don't really like Aries like that I like I probably like Aqu- I like other Aquariuses actually they just like me they laid back don't talk too much yeah okay they chilling like my type of girl like that's just me just a girl version <laughs> I feel that how about you
0: I like, um, I like, I think I like, um, that's it, just Aries?
1: I don't, I don't like Aries, I don't like Aries, I like Aquarius. So just Aquarius,
0: that's it.
1: Right, I mean, I, I didn't talk to other signs, but I forgot what they were, so I can't mention.
0: Well, you remember what, 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 what Monster is? We can look them up and shit to see. They might all got Okay, let team. me think of it. you got laptop up? The
1: favorite. Yeah. All right. Just, just Google Come them real right quick and see and see. We got time. <laughs> my my favorite girls who be born in like De- December twenty fifth. She was crazy. The Capricorn.
0: That's what my mama is. We're the exact opposite. I signs. like.
1: The, I, I like September.
0: September. What that is? What my brother' birthday? November nineteenth. Like early
1: September. Like September fourteenth. Oh, early.
0: What? what I what like that is. Them. I know uh, Scorpio. It's, it might be Virgo. I, I, I might got that wrong. It's like you looking it
1: up. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, see, we got we gotta get it down. That is that is a Virgo, yeah. You got that what I said, right? Virgo. Right, right.
0: So you like them Virgos? Yeah, I love
1: them Virgos.
0: Okay. I like mm, My Virgo's cool. Virgos are cool. Virgos Virgos and um Virgos and uh what the fuck? Scorpio. I like Scorpios and Virgos.
1: I like Virgos, Scorpios. I, like
0: I, I don't know if she was an Aquarius or an
1: Aries. I feel like her birthday was I don't remember her birthday. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how you going to say that? Man, I just know it's I'm like, all right, so it goes like number
0: 1. I really like Cancer women, I like Cancers. Um I like um Virgo, I mean Scorpios. I like Taurus women, I like Taurus women, Taurus women. They're cool. I like Pisces. I like Pisces women sometimes. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I underline do, but I really don't though. Really, cancers and um, Scorpios and the Aquarius. I think it's Aquarius or Aries. One of them too, bro. One of them A's. One of y'all coolest, fuck, bro. One of y'all.
1: <laughs> Aquarius, Aries do too it. much. So it's Aquarius, man. Aries, yeah. Aquarius real laid back and chill. Yeah. So it, it, it got to
0: be. Um. So it's Cancer. Scorpio uh Scorpios and um Aquarius women. They're my top
1: 3. Okay. They're my top 3. I like Virgos. I like them cancers Cause my mama Cancer and Aquarius.
0: But my mama a Capricorn. And I was reading that shit and it was like um we're like the exact opposite. Like spectrum or whatever that shit said, bro. And that makes sense, because me and my mama be butting hairs a lot. Well, like, we do not get Like, she's my friend. I don't get along. But we do not be seeing eye to eye on, like, any type of, like, opinion shit majority of the time, bro.
1: Right. And I understand that. that's your mama, too. Yeah.
0: My lightning, mom.
1: Today my mama birthday is speaking to my mom. Happy birthday, mom. Woo! Happy birthday,
0: Miss Abner. <laughs> I did mean to call your government up. They're cool.
1: Yeah, I like them. I like. Do you feel like you relate to your um zodiac sign? Yeah, I actually do. I do. I think it's true. Like how the uh, the, like the planets be aligning and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I I do I do relate to my zodiac sign a lot when I read it, when I read about it. Uh huh. Okay. I'm like, yeah, it, it, it' me. It's me. I can I can see it.
0: Yeah, I think I'm 100% my shit, bro. Whatever you read about me is definitely me. <laughs> For a fact. For a 100% fat, bro. I, think I can't even make it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like horoscopes. They're actually pretty cool. My daddy used to try to make me make it seem like, like it was like the devil was <laughs> working something. When I got older and did my own research, it's actually straight.
0: I feel like pant, growing up, or black parents, or I don't know, I don't know, because I was in all uh, households, but I know parents growing up, but it seemed like, Everything was the devil, bro.
1: Still to the day. <laughs>
0: Everything be the devil, bro.
1: <laughs> Everything. Like, <laughs> I be like, mom, I want an earring. That's the devil.
0: <laughs> bro, I remember I got my earrings. My mom was, what's so-and-so ain't got no earrings? So-and-so oh, ain't none of the men in their family got no earrings. I was just like, damn, well, let me be me, you know? Right, right be yourself. They closed up, but I had got them though. I forgot you had earrings. I had them freshman year of college. I had got my ears pierced, fucking round Kendrick ass. <laughs> Come At <laughs> at the pool, <laughs> them niggas getting that ears pierced and shit. I was like, I'm finna get my ears pierced. <laughs> Reggie, the pool. yeah. Cause they was just getting that, like we was like, they, Kendrick hadn't got his ears pierced, and then Reggie had his shit pierced and. I think like, a lot of my friends in the, in around where I was at was getting their ears pierced. They just had some nice ass earrings and shit. I'm like, Tch. I think a girl had said some shit too. Like, if you had earrings, you look so cute. Or some shit like that. So, my dumb, I just went up to Stonecrest, got my shit pierced. And um, then I went to South the Cab and I got some fire ass earrings. They got this nice little earring shop in South the Cab and shit. And I got my earrings with Reggie there and then. I had my earrings in for like eight weeks, bro, eight to 10 weeks. One of them two. Like I had them in like the, all the weeks you supposed to have and then a couple more weeks. And I took them bitches out to play an intramural game and I tried to put them in like two days later. This shit closed up oh, immediately.
1: It closed up in two. Two, days. <laughs> two days. I was
0: like, oh, I guess earrings ain't for me, bro. And I'm not finna poke this shit through my ear. And that was the last of my earrings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It get tricky with um, ear piercings. Some folks be getting key and they be looking nasty. Yeah, I don't want
0: them key but I was so happy I ain't getting them shit Do you do you have any ear piercing?
1: I have no piercings at all. Like no piercings. You ever
0: thought about getting a nose piercing?
1: Nah, I thought they was gay.
0: <laughs> Tupac did it
1: though. I mean I'm not I ain't knocking nobody who do it. I just that just never want my style. I was just more of a tattoo type of guy. I always did like tattoos my whole life.
0: If I ever get tattoos I'm gonna get that big ass. If I get a tattoo, it'll be two tattoos. I'll get some of those big ass angel wings on my back, like Future got, but like bigger and nicer. And I'll get that like that Atlanta braids. the one with the with the Indian laughing. But I want my shit colored in though. Like, oh, I know
1: exactly what you are talking about. Yeah, with the, with the Native American
0: laughing, that's what I would get with it. But it's gonna be colored though. It's gonna be colored in.
1: Shit. Yeah, I can see that. It's gonna be hard to get you the right test. You got a haircut? Oh yeah, I had got one, but I you know I go fifty minutes away to get my haircut from alone. because I can't. own trust nobody up here. I feel that.
0: I feel
1: that. I mean. You? Nah, I um I don't know, but I've been I've been kind of liking this
0: no haircut shit. I just been about what what the day is June, so June what is it? March March to April April to May May. To so June, it'll be three months before I got my, um before I even got a lineup or nothing, anything. It'll be three months like June.
1: it been three months? Like June
0: yeah. 12th, it'll be three months. You just got good hair, though. I guess. <laughs> I'd just be combing it. I'd be out of control. I'd be combing it, brushing it, you know, moisturizing it, conditioning it, washing it, you know. Like I keep all my hair down there, like like you know, female be trying to keep that little hair, hair 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 uh hair routine. I got me one too, you know what I'm saying? So right, right.
1: and it worked. and it's working. Three months a long time. Three months to yeah. be a long time. Like my lineup,
0: it ain't it ain't all the way just crooked and stuff, but like I mean, I look I think I don't look like unpresentable. You know, I could be sharp for for sure, but we'll see how long before at least I get a lineup. And then I think about like Cutting off what I done grew So far But I, mean, I might get a line up Like We'll
1: see We'll see
0: How did your job yeah, you yeah,
1: yeah. On the way yeah. Coming soon. Yeah.
0: Comment soon.
1: Shit
0: Anything else you wanna Chop it up about?
1: Mm, I thought you gonna go into To the black history fact Alright so
0: I can give you two It's two options So I can tell you like The story Of like A Portuguese Um Portuguese uh trade slave, like it was a vivid like portrait of how the slave trade capture and process went, they wrote. Uh, or I can just tell you another fact that like about uh African history. Which one would you want?
1: Uh, you can tell me a fact about
0: African history. Well i I just wanna tell you, like, I'm a, I'm gonna read the one about the about the Portuguese um expansion. Then. Or as Portuguese wrote about their slave trade. Because I think it's like so in-depth, bro. I just want like people to hear about this. And if that's okay. I was really wanted to talk about that one. So, um, the Portuguese, they had came in. This is around the time period. I'm trying to get the year. Bro. Um, this is around like the 1500s time period that this was going on. Um and so this what the Portuguese wrote it wrote and also for every two million blacks enslaved over a million died. I just want to let you know that uh, the record indicates rather clearly that many millions preferred death to slavery. Um. All right. So, but this is gonna be really long. So bear with me. Um. And try to follow with me. So um, it is not true that all women and even children were likewise marched in chains. This would have been unnecessary anyway because we had learned that these black women are so loyal to their men that that they will follow them even into hell. Capture the men, and you did not have to capture them. Yet many of these same women would seek death directly by attacking us and our armed guards. These, of course, were beaten and chained, and then as male slaves. Another problem was the large number of suicides during the 200-mile trek to the slave pens on the coast. The greatest number died from poison which hundreds of women would conceal on their bodies for the purpose passing it to friends and kinsmen in the dark of the night before giving it to their children and finally taking it themselves. All of this slowed us down during the night when we should have moved faster because it was cooler. Yet the dead and dying had to have their chains chopped off from the living. Many babies were deliberately smothered to death by their dying mothers. We do not believe that the other deaths were caused by the long march, as some allege. For while it is true that we ourselves were carried in hammocks, the bearers changed every 10 or 15 miles. The biggest and strongest boys were selected to carry us. They are usually between 20 and 30 years old. They also collapse sometimes, but only five have died during this year. It must be remembered that these blacks are quite used to walking very long distances with heavy burdens. There are many problems in this business. The captains, taking it easy on the coast, are always complaining about our slow movement and the many weeks it takes to the march. They never take into account how much we are slowed down by the trampling and stumbling over the skeletons and rotten dead bodies of slaves that went alongside the trails before us. Sometimes years before us, the stench of those who died recently is unbearable, yet we bear it. We also lose much time trying to find roots free of the dead and dying. Then there are scores and scores of perfectly healthy blacks who drop dead without any apparent cause. Some say they die out of sheer spite, another way of defeating us. We work in fear, for our guns are often useless in the increasing number of ambush attacks along the death-ridden trails. And while the Congolese kings now harass us in their attempts to check the spread of the trade, The real danger is in the Angola region, the region of the Black Terror in the form of the death-defying Black Queen, Anne Nzinga, who ever heard of a woman general leading her armies in person? The truth is that she is the greatest military strategist that ever confronted the armies of Portugal. Her tactics keep her commanders sweating in confusion and dismay. Her aim is nothing less than the total destruction of the slave trade. To this end, and what alarms us most, She has developed a system of infiltrating our black troops with her own men, causing whole companies to rebel, rebel, desert, and join her armies in what she calls a war of liberation. Portuguese casualties are always heavier than reported, for she stages surprise attacks with lightning speed, always aiming first to capture guns and cannons. And while she now surrounds ourselves with armed guards on the long marches, we never know how many of our black soldiers are the queen's own men. This would have been a true account up to 1663 when the 40 years of unremitting war that Queen Nzinga waged against the Portuguese to free Angola ended with her passing. Africa had lost her greatest daughter, the slaves, the greatest emancipator. Where is this explicitly written? Nowhere. And so I just wanted to um, read that. I know it was kind of lengthy, but I thought it was a pretty good um, um, writing about uh, what actually goes on and stuff.
1: Right, right. that was good I liked it appreciate it but I got a uh, Bible scripture for us before we get up out of here alright what you talking about it's from uh, Romans chapter about, 15 man? verse 13 now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit so just keep your hope and keep your faith guys well uh, this concludes our podcast for today It's your boy, Isaac.
0: And it's your boy, Devo.
1: And we out of here.